Good morning. It's April 6, 2022. This is To My Liberal Friends, and I'm John Haddo. Yesterday I mentioned the problems the Democrats have in the coming midterms, but focused on the problems facing Republicans. As I said, the only real problem for Republicans is how to navigate with the presence of Donald Trump. He can be an advantage in some races and a hindrance in some others. If Republicans can focus on policy and lay out a clear-cut plan of how to move the nation forward, they should have a very good year. I touched yesterday on the division within the Democratic Party, and unfortunately for them, it's only growing wider. As I hinted at yesterday, even Nancy Pelosi is starting to see the picture clearly. A former staffer of her office recently took a job in downtown Washington in the government relations field. In some conversations with their new colleague, said that the high watermark for Democrats would be a loss of 15 seats. In other words, that's the best outcome that they're predicting in Pelosi's office. That number would balloon towards the 40-plus mark based on recent polling. It was also said that normally Pelosi maps out her calendar two years in advance, but at this point she is only scheduling to the end of October. I suspect, in fact I'm pretty positive, that if the Democrats lose the House, Pelosi will retire and go back to California. She lost the majority once before and was able to hold on as a leader of the Democratic caucus, but she'll not survive another loss. The progressives in the caucus, as I pointed out yesterday, come from deep blue and predominantly urban districts. Prior to the last election, Pelosi herself said that in many of those districts, quote, a glass of a Democrat running as a glass of water could win, end quote. They don't have to worry about getting reelected and being honest, their constituents like big government and the programs that ensue from government largesse. Too many of them, it is a major source of their family income. They don't pay much in the form of federal income taxes. They don't get upset when someone says it's time to raise taxes. They nod in agreement when their progressive members of Congress demand that the, quote, wealthy, end quote, pay their fair share. Of course, they have no idea what any of these people really pay. The top 10% pay 80% of the federal income taxes, but it sounds good to them to demand that they pay more. This has allowed the progressives, led by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Pramila Jayapal, Democrat from Washington, to grab the megaphone and shout to the crowd about all the injustices they see in the world. They championed the Build Back Better bill that collapsed in Congress, and now they're demanding that anyone opposing this deal be pressured into conforming to their view of the world. That means attacking moderates like Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema from Arizona, who blocked the bill in the Senate. Joe Biden has continued to sink in the polls, and every reasonable Democrat is hearing alarm bells go off in their heads. They see what is coming, and they're trying to think of a way, anyway, to head it off, but, but things could always be worse, and they would be if Biden listened to his left-wing critics. They look at Democrats' low poll numbers, and they think the way to raise them is to go even further left and be even more partisan. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Bronx Democrat, recently said that Biden and other Democrats have erred by clinging to the outdated belief that bipartisan deals are possible. They are in danger of losing seats this fall, she claims, because they have catered to a dwindling group of independent voters rather than delivered for the party's base. So she's demanding, as I said, to play hardball with Democrats like Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. Ocasio thinks that the failure of Democrats' Build Back Better initiative vindicated the legislative strategy that she and other progressives pursued, and that was holding up the passage of the bipartisan infrastructure bill the moderates wanted to pass 
and with their support, we're able to do it. She wanted to tie it together to build back better so that they'd be passed in tandem. In tandem. How they arrived at this conclusion, to be honest, is puzzling to me. If you recall, it was the Progressive Caucus that demanded that those bills be tied together and passed together or not at all. That didn't work because it's such a strategy would have resulted in no bill passing, which was fine with, I guess, with the progressives. And that would have given the Democrats and Joe Biden absolutely nothing to talk about being passed in a very weak legislative agenda. But AOC continued to scream and yell about how Biden has to deliver for the progressives, despite what the polling data is telling every reasonable Democrat. Biden has slipped badly in the polls and is hovering around or below the 40% approval mark. But more importantly, he's dropped precipitously among independents. This is the key group that moved from Clinton to Trump in 2016 and then back to Biden from Trump in 2020. Progressives like AOC don't have a clue about how to appeal to independents or moderates because she does not have to talk to any of them in her ultra-blue district. The fact is, if Joe Crowley had simply gone back to the Bronx in 2018 and campaigned, she would still be tending bar somewhere. But reality will not stop the progressives from pushing their agenda. They still believe in slogans such as defund the police, despite an NBC poll shows that 75% of all Americans and 59% of Democrats would be more likely to vote for a candidate who supports funding the police and providing them the resources and training they need. But this falls on deaf ears among the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, and the liberal pundits in the media urge them on mostly based on their all-consuming hatred of Donald Trump. They believe the Democrats should push forward with the progressive agenda, and night after night on outlets like CNN and MSNBC, they keep trying to villainize Trump and say the Democrats should make him the face and focus of their attention in the campaigns. Make all races about Trump. They ignore that Terry McAuliffe tried that in Virginia, ignoring the issues the voting really cared about, and lost a governor's race that seemed like a slam dunk at the outset. I'm in California today and had to fill up at the pump when I arrived. Yes, I was in real sticker shock at a, with a price over $6 per gallon. I was in Costco on Saturday and watched a gentleman picking up packages of steaks, looking at the price of them, putting them down, picking up another one, looking for the one that had the lowest sticker price on it. He had a glazed eye look on him. These are the issues that the American voters are facing. These are the issues that hit them in the face every day, and liberals like AOC and her fellow progressives cannot see it because they're too busy demanding more government spending and programs. The problem for the Democrats is that Joe Biden has surrounded himself with progressives that lean to the left, and these politicos, in an effort to show how woke his administration is, are staffing, making staffing decisions based more on gender and race than capability and experience. He will be leading the parade toward defeat, and those Democrats who see it coming are finally realizing he is unwilling to listen. Unless one of them can hand him some substitute cue cards, they're out of luck. My advice to Republicans is stay on message. Try to con control Trump and use him where he's useful. Keep him at bay where he causes harm. Their problem remains doing just that because Trump is not really controllable. This has been To My Liberal Friends. Thanks for listening.